Good morning, church. <clears throat> my name is Ben Zing, and I'm the pastor of Evangelism Community here at Central. And it is my great privilege to share God's word with us this morning as Central seeks the transformation of our lives, our communities, and the world through the renewing work of Jesus Christ. Today, we continue in the sermon series in Hebrews. We've been exploring Jesus is greater. And today, we dive into the powerful passage of Hebrews 3. The whole book of Hebrews is meant to challenge, encourage, empower Christian believers. And according to this letter, Pastor Clay especially has shared with us that a pastor has been writing to the church, to writing to the Christians of that day, and have been indicating that Jesus is superior to other prophets and all the other claims to truth and even angels. Since God has given us Christ, we ought to listen to what he says and not move backwards. And the consequences of ignoring God are very dire. But in chapter 3, the pastor who wrote this, again in Hebrews, reminds the Christians back the, way, the same way he reminds us today of the vital importance of greater faithfulness in our walk with God. Just as the he- early Hebrews faced challenges and temptations, we too face obstacles that can hinder our spiritual journeys with God. So let us open our hearts to God's word and allow it to guide us towards a life of greater faithfulness. So if you would turn with me to Hebrews 3, if you're using your pew Bible, it's page 1002, or you can follow along in our bulletin. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways as I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by this deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those uh, with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that we were unable to enter because of unbelief. This is the word of the Lord. What is 
it that is testing your faith and perhaps making it waver. As we continue to see our walks with Christ through the years, we find many hardships and trials that come our way. We see that these things that come start maybe wavering our faith. Along the way, we continue to perhaps think that all we have to do, we have to do all these things to be right with God. And of course, we can never be fully right with God in the things that we do. What is it then today that you are relying on to make you right with God? A good prayer life? Church attendance here? Reading your Bible enough? Volunteering enough? Giving to the poor? The writer of the book of Hebrews wants to portray Jesus as superior to over every other option that we have as readers. And the readers of this letter are Jewish Christians who once lived by the law, but they confessed their faith in Jesus Christ. So the readers are beginning to get discouraged and trusting in something that they cannot see. These Jewish Christians are questioning their faith and considering going back to the old ways of the law because they could tangibly see it then. Let's not forget that there were still many others around that were still living by the law, bringing their sacrifice to the temple. They were t- trusting in the high priest to intercede with, them for God, intercede with God for them. And for all these things, they were very tangible and they could see them. And so the Jewish believer at the time was having trouble with trusting in what they couldn't see. For us, as we see what Jesus has done, we have followed our Easter season and our week uh, with this series of Jesus is greater in Hebrews. And it's for us to be reminded that what Jesus did on the cross and what Jesus did in raising from the dead and coming out of the tomb and having victory over death and resurrection, our hope and confidence hangs on Jesus. And we can find our greater faithfulness when we trust in him. And the greater trust and faithfulness is not us saying, I'm going to be more faithful I'm going to work harder. I'm going to do things better. It is knowing that we're fully submitting to the one that is greater. It's fully surrendering to the one that has paved the way for us. We're fully letting our lives go to the place of trusting in the Jesus that has done it for us. So let us not forget that as we look to Jesus and consider him, and we want greater faithfulness, there are actually three things from this passage that we're going to go over. For greater faithfulness, first, we need to consider Jesus. We see that in verse 1, and we'll see and unpack what he's doing in comparing it with Moses, that Jesus is greater than Moses. And then we'll see in verse 6 that we do not harden our hearts. For greater faithfulness, do not harden your heart. And then lastly, in verses 12 through 15, In order to have greater faithfulness, we need to exhort one another. We need to live in community. And we need to see what God is doing together as his people. So first, consider Jesus. Verse 1 is talking about he's calling all of us and saying, those who share in a heavenly calling. That heavenly calling is a word from God and as well as providing a way to God. And that word is shared through this pastor that's writing to the people saying that you are the heavenly people, you are the beloved, and the way to him is through Jesus. He's made a path for us, and it was shown through what the Old Testament and all that they did, especially Moses, but Jesus fulfilled that with his life, death, and resurrection. 
And now we can see a full calling to understand that we are brothers and sisters together in God's family, ready to follow in that shared calling, the heavenly calling. And it says to stand firm in that, to to have greater faithfulness is to consider Jesus. That word consider in the Greek means consider attentively, examine closely. There's a kata in front of that verb in Greek, so it, it gets an intensifier that you're supposed to intensify your examination of Jesus. So it's not just consider it, please. It's a consider Jesus in order to stay faithful to him because he's the one that's faithful to us. And when you consider him, it's not something that you can just do flippantly. It's one that takes reflection, one that takes time and experience him, one that takes time and saying, Jesus, I'm closely examining your words and your promises and want to experience them. And as I experience them, I consider you and I know you And I desire so much to live in the ways you're calling us heavenward towards you. And as we fix our eyes on Jesus, as we fix our mind on Jesus, as we fix our lives on Jesus, the author of Hebrews is reminding us that we are filling our lives with things that are pointing to Jesus but aren't Jesus. The Jews so highly esteemed Moses And he was a man to whom God spoke directly. Think about it. Direct communication to God in the Old Testament time was through visions and through different actions, through Old Testament characters that we saw presence of God. And Moses was the only Old Testament character that had direct contact with God. So much so that he was shining bright God's glory. He was so bright that he had to be veiled because it was too bright. And it's so interesting because that veiled glory We'll see in this passage, Jesus doesn't have that veil. He can shine fully the glory of God. But he was the man that, again, who led Israel out of Egypt. And Moses, the law, were one and the same. So the Jew and the law were the two things that went together. You who make your boast in the law do not dishonor God through breaking the law. So some Jews believe Moses, Moses was actually greater than the angels. So the whole Levitical system, the whole Levitical economy was initiated through Moses. He was a patriarch. He was one that they looked up to. He was one that they looked to in practicing following God. But Moses, no doubt, was still inferior to Christ. As the author made clear, what is said about Moses here is indicated he is superior to all the other prophets. Actually, Moses is the first of the prophets and the prototype of the prophet like Moses God promised to raise up. We see that in Deuteronomy 8. But Moses' calling as a servant was for a testimony. He testified to what was to come, which was a foreshadowing of the fulfillment of the old covenant when Jesus came. So as great as Moses was, the Hebrew writer said Jesus is far greater than Moses. So Moses is good. Moses points to Jesus But Jesus is greater. He's the one that we need to point ourselves to. So Hebrew presents three arguments. First, Hebrew, Jesus is superior in his office. He is the apostle and high priest. This is actually the only place where Jesus is called an apostle. He's the sent one. He's the sent one to us. And he's also the high priest. 
He makes a way for us to go to, to God directly through Jesus. He's given us the mediation towards God because all of us are sinners and we deserve death. And the only way to continue to be in relation with God is that there would, had to be an answer to that sin, and that was Jesus' death on the cross. But the victory he had over death allows us to have new life and the new covenant with Jesus. So Jesus acts as our apostle and the high priest. Moses testified of what was coming, but Jesus testified fully through his life. And he was superior in his work. Moses is known here that he was a servant in the house. But Jesus is the builder of the house. Superior in his person, Moses is that servant when Jesus is the son of God. And when we look to what the author is trying to share with us and, and tell us is that the building, the very building, is good. God created all things and said it was good. But greater is the one that built it. And God is our creator. He's the one that sustains it. He's the one that fulfills it. He's greater than those that build a beautiful house or build a beautiful building. And in this instance, it's talking about the church. That the church is beautiful. The church is wonderful, and God's people are his house. But greater than his house is God, the one that built it. God, the one that sustains it. And God, the one that continues to surround it. We're recognizing in today's day, we're seeing a decline of the belief in God. We're seeing in studies on Gen Z that this is going to be the largest uh, uh, generation that's filled with those that are claiming to be atheists. We're seeing a generation that continues to go in that route, but it's not just our young. We're seeing it in all society. And knowing that about who we are and what we are as a community and society and a nation, we have to continue to ask ourselves, how are we pointing ourselves to God? And how are we looking for him? And how are we staying faithful to the one that's faithful to us? We had um, an opportunity to hear John Dixon a few years ago, the author uh, of, uh, actually the leader of the Public Center of Christianity and now actually at Wheaton College. But as he was kind of writing this piece, he wrote a piece called, Is the Church Better or Worse Than It's Ever Been and That We've Ever Imagined? And he created this documentary where he interviewed, he studied, he went around with his team just seeing if the church in its history, especially in today's day now, has the church done what we're supposed to do as God's people and are we better or worse than we ever have been in all of history? And when you ask that question, the clarity in the answer is just not a yes or a no. The answer is both yes and no. Today's church has provided the opportunity for people to see God but today's church has also done a terrible job of sharing who this God is at times. So when we recognize both of those, all of it comes down to, again, our submittance and our humble attitude towards a God that needs to bring revival, that needs to bring about the acknowledgement of who he is. But we are just yet messengers to a world that needs to see the masterpiece of who God is and what he's designed to illustrate that, John Dixon did a piece where he declared that the Bach 
Chelk's uh, uh, Sweets, is a masterpiece. And he had this professional come play it. And as the professional was playing the, the concerto, it was a beautiful sounding uh, music that was just sweet to the ears. And then he took the cello. And John Dixon took the cello and started playing it very awfully. And I imagine myself, many of you have seen my children play uh, their, 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 their instruments, uh, piano and violin and cello. And whenever I take their, their instruments at home, they're like, Dad, <laughs> you got to practice. But do we judge the masterpiece of what's played by the deliverer of the music? Unfortunately, we do. So we faithfully try to play the masterpiece in the music, but it doesn't take away from the masterpiece itself. And that's the unfortunate thing of what's happening in today's day when people judge the church and look at the church. The church is supposed to be the masterpiece of God, and when we're delivering God's message and who he is, and when we do it well, the world sees it. And when we do it poorly, and we play it incorrectly, and we don't know it well, then we reflect poorly this masterpiece. But the more we share with the community and those outside, that the masterpiece is still the masterpiece. The creator is the one that's greater than those that are trying to build this house or those that are trying to play this instrument and play this piece. There's somebody that built it all. We've been doing recently um, something called Christianity Explored here at Central. And I've been so thankful for a space where we have the opportunity to wrestle with what Christianity is or any doubts or different things about who Jesus is. And when you have an environment and space like that, it stretches us, but it also stretches those that can come in and hear from God. There are three things from Christianity Explorer that I am so thankful for because it examines the book of Mark, walks along the book of Mark, but it goes through Jesus' identity. Who is Jesus? It goes through what did he come for? What was his mission? And then what is, what's the calling for us? What is our response? And as people enter into that space of just asking those questions, we continue to ask God to reveal himself, the, the creator of all things, the one that has done all of this, the one that is greater than any of our doubts, greater than our fears, greater than the things that are going on outside. And when you enter into that space, it's so wonderful to hear the transparency when you're open that way. The brokenness of this world where you have broken people that live in a broken world and aren't judged for it. But no, they can come into a space and ask questions, not knowing who this Jesus is, not knowing if this Jesus is true, not knowing if Jesus is going to do anything about my life because I am so filled with pain and hurt and struggle as today's day continues to be a daily grind. And as we enter into that space and we see what Jesus continues to do, I'm thankful that he's greater. He's greater than anything that we try to share. Any promises that we try to give it, just read the Bible. Just pray a little more. When we share people and the opportunity to see this Jesus that comes from this word, when you experience this Jesus, 
then you understand the full peace that comes from knowing him. So the more and more we come comfortable with that ourselves, to know the Jesus that is there for us, the more we're able to share with our neighbor, our coworker, those in our community, in our society. The next part of this passage goes into a, di- a kind of a, 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 a requoting of Psalm 95. So in Hebrews 3, 7, we start seeing a warning. The author then warns us against the dangers of unfaithfulness by recalling the Israelites' experience in the wilderness. Despite witnessing God's miraculous deliverance from Egypt, they repeatedly test God and doubt his faithfulness. They disobey and unbelief led to dire consequences and they miss out on the blessings God had in store for them. In the same way, we are susceptible to unfaithfulness when we allow doubt, fear, and temptation to creep into our hearts. So it says here we must guard against the deceitfulness of sin, which can harden our hearts and lead us astray. Let us learn from the Israelites' mistakes and cultivate greater faithfulness by seeking God wholeheartedly and obey his commands. So how do we do that? Here in Psalm 95, the passage was thoroughly familiar to the family and friends there that he was addressing. As they would gather and worship every Sabbath evening when the synagogue community gathered, they would say this, today, if you hear this voice, do not harden your hearts. Week after week, those who attended the synagogue were called to listen attentively to the voice of God in Scripture with these sober words. They were thoroughly familiar to the members worshiping there. The passage was a sober uh, reminder of the unfaithfulness of the people of God. The people experienced God's faithfulness in the exodus in the wilderness, but they refused to believe in God's word of promise. And they're exhorted with God's faithfulness here. Let's remember the faithfulness of God and be faithful and attentive when he speaks. So the passage stresses the importance of listening to the voice of God. And not just here, but the rest of this passage, we'll see the word today. There's an immediacy, there's an urgency, there's something that needs to be done today in aligning our lives before the God and the creator of all things. Today, you need to do it because we can remember the things of the past, but we look forward to when Jesus comes again tomorrow in the future But today, we look to see how God is calling us not to harden our hearts, not to let ourselves drift, not to let ourselves go away from what God's calling us. So the passage underscored the peril of unbelief, the tragic cost of faithlessness. You will not enter my rest. Last week, many of us uh, were able to be out at Lake Williamson's with Springstorm. Springstorm's our fourth through sixth grade retreat. This year, we had over 70, almost 80 campers. Then we had another 10 to 15 high school volunteers. Then we had another 25 adult leaders, volunteers, out in Lake Williamson, and it was a beautiful sight. Seeing God continue to speak to our young generation, reminding them what we're saying today. Today, look to God. Do not harden your heart. And seeing the kids be reminded in worship, see the kids being reminded in small group and in, in, in Bible time, seeing the kids be reminded by their high school leader 
and the high school leader seeing it from their adult. When we had quiet time, it was intentionally set that we all sat in this big field, but we could see each other, but we spent our time alone with God because they could, the, the children could see it modeled by the adults and the high school students, but we were all looking to God. This is what God is calling us in understanding. Do not harden your heart. Look to God's word. Look to the opportunity to spend experientially time with Jesus. Look to the ways that you could do that together and see the generation that can be set when we do that, not just at church, but in our homes, in the different places that we go. And we set up that pattern of knowing, do not harden your heart but trust in God and his word and his promises to us that we'll know that Jesus is right beside us. Lastly, greater faithfulness encourages each other to be exhorting one another. Hebrews 3, 12 through 15. It talks about ways that we need to exhort one another. And again, we see those words of today. Do not let your heart be hardened and don't let the deceitfulness of sin harden our hearts, but every day... Exhort one another. It's a recognition that we need to support and find accountability with each other. But that comes with trust, as well as finding the time and importance in doing it. When I find myself needing that accountability and support, I usually go to the people that I trust, but at the same time, I need those people to check in on me. And I'm so thankful for a community as central here that checks in on me that I have people that I can trust and go to when I need this prayer. Church, look around. There are people here that want to help you grow, that want to be part of the community that helps you grow in your journey and walk. We invited new members to join this church, and in that together, we are going to set together the desire to grow and walk together in Jesus' love and find accountability and support, but that comes with time that comes with investment in relationship, that comes with the ability to be able to speak into each other's lives. Exhortation is the ability to speak into other people's lives and encourage them. And it, usually it encourages with a challenge, but you cannot challenge someone that you do not have a relationship with. So church, this is our challenge, that we would continue to consider Jesus. We would do not let our hearts grow hard, but that we exhort one another by growing together in relationship. Invite each other to a meal. Grow in each other's space outside the church. We love the opportunity to give people here to fellowship, but we grow as a community when we spend time outside of our church as well, outside these walls. So as God's people, we continue to take on that challenge together to grow in greater faithfulness and it's not a checklist to do but it's a faithfulness in following the Jesus that is faithful to us let's pray together Father we thank you again for you and we thank you for Jesus who's laid his life for us now help us to consider greater faithfulness by considering Jesus now lead us guide us show us your way we thank you and we pray these things in Jesus name Amen.